I am a river and I run through it. Let's go, yeah. A river, go. This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, MFers. How the heck are you? Jake, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. Not really. Just woke up tired. Why? Because it's Wednesday. I don't know. Well, you know, we it was pointed out on um, YouTube last night that we don't watch jazz games. We're casuals. Yeah, well. That we know. watch like three games a year and make snap decisions. Yeah, we make stuff up like some other people in the media I know. You know, but wow. we do. Wow. The Monty Show uh, live every single morning on YouTube. Um, make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure you give us a thumbs up. Uh, congratulations to Jarrell. Uh, Jarrell won the t-shirt yesterday uh, for giving us a thumbs up. And he follows us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and he subscribes on YouTube. Suck it. Coming through. Not really sure why I said that. But anyway, the point is, uh, Jarrell, uh, I will send out your t-shirt. Congratulations. Uh, Jarrell lives in Louisiana. 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 Went to the University of Utah, um, which is why he's a jazz fan. So appreciate you, Jarrell. Thanks for listening to the show. Um, what should we talk about today? Because I, I mean, I, I don't think the jazz didn't play last night. So, you know, I'm not sure that we need. To no, talk it's about funny. That. You know, I was bored. There was no jazz game on last night. So I flipped on the. Uh, <laughs> I flipped on the uh, game six of the Clippers series last year just to see, you know, what, it, you know, how that game and what happened. How did Paul it, George do in that game? Uh, well, he, he was really good. Um, you know, it was a bummer. The game, the jazz game I was watching from last year in the playoffs last night on TNT. Uh, oh. uh, yeah, Donovan was limping around. Um, Rudy was getting uh, his dunk blocked and dunked on. Um you know, wasn't there? Wasn't Luke Kennard was making Mann threes. Still on that team? Uh, yeah, Terrence Mann was on that team last year. It's, it looks like he's. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, is this the dagger? It's the same fucking game, like, bro. <laughs> how crazy is it that like me and Mrs. Monty are laying in bed last night and watching the game? At oh, the end I thought of the game. that was going a different direction. Sorry. And I'll be honest with you, the third quarter ended. They were up like 87 points, and I was like, ah, I'm going to bed. And so I put the bed in zero G because I have a spaceship, super rich guy bed. Right, one percenter. You know, um, and so I put the bed in zero G. We're, ch- we're chilling in the cut. Right. And I'm watching the game on SportsCenter uh, or on the ESPN app, like following it, you know, reading stuff. And I'm like, dude, the lead's down to 10. I should probably turn this on. And so my wife's like, yeah, flip on the DirecTV app. So I'm like, all right, cool. Flip on the DirecTV app, turn the game on. This is a code 10 abort. And I'm like, why did I turn this game on? Because you know how this is going to end. Oh, boy. And then Rudy commits an offensive foul. And again, Quinn Snyder gets a challenge wrong. And I just wanted to say, why are you challenging this offensive foul? It's clearly an offensive foul. Mm Mm-hmm. You're out of timeouts. Donovan 
calls the timeout on the baseline. You don't defend. You give up threes. You don't offense at all. You don't partake on offense. Yeah. You made 10 threes in the first half. You made 12 in the game and zero in the fourth quarter. This is the bro- a broken record. This is what this Jazz team is. We've talked about this for a year. Um, honestly, you know, like I'm with Donovan Mitchell on this. Like, did you hear what he said after the game last night? Mm. I mean, this is – and I want you to listen to this and understand what the noise in the background is. It's Donovan Mitchell hitting the table in disgust. And I also want you to understand that this is an L.A. Clippers beat reporter you know, a beat reporter that actually does his job and asking Donovan Mitchell about the loss after the game. I don't know, sir. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's the same shit. Listen to that. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it feels the same way. It's the same thing. It's literally the same thing. And. Yeah, six turnovers. Turned the ball over too much. He didn't get back on defense. Didn't rebound. I'm sorry. Like, what do you want him to say? It's almost what I couldn't believe about this clip, and I know it doesn't sound great, but it's almost he's so frustrated. It's almost to a point where it's inaudible. Like I debated not even using this clip because it's like all he's doing is hitting the table in frustration and saying I don't even know what to say. And I totally level with Donovan Mitchell. What do you say? It's the same thing over and over and over again. I mean, what do you what do we expect Donovan Mitchell to say in this situation? I don't know, dude. I I I, I this is one of the first shows I think I've ever done talking jazz where I'm like, dude, I I yeah, this is the first time I can't blame Don for being like, yeah, I don't know what to say. What what are we supposed to say? We turned the ball over, we didn't play well, it's the same thing over and over again. What do you want from me? Like what, what else do we expect? Yeah. I, I don't know what else you expect. I mean, some of the things obviously that you have to talk about coming out of this game is, you know, like the Rudy Gobert comments after the game that, that I did not see a recording of, by the way, but um, Rudy said that the, the jazz need to get their hands dirty and that he is, he gets beat up every night and as he should, and it's a physical game, you know, I, 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 I guess I understand that. We call for this team to be more physical and to to play. I'm not saying to commit hard fouls more often, but just be – this team is soft. And it starts with Rudy Gobert. One of my biggest complaints about Rudy is that he's soft. And last night, I mean, you got your dunk blocked three times last night, Rudy Gobert. Not once or twice, three times. Terrence Mann got you. Like, I, I mean, you, Nick Batum got you, Paul George got you like, and the other thing I think that was very clear last night, the Clippers had no problem attacking Rudy Gobert in the paint at the rim. And he also got exposed. Luke Kennard made, made two, three pointers on pick and rolls where Rudy just chose not to step up. And I even tweeted a picture of it. it it's so shocking that one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA is Luke Kennard from the LA Clippers. He does one thing. He shoots threes. And Rudy, on the pick and roll, did not step up multiple times. Yeah. And thankfully, on the third one where he didn't step up, Luke Kennard missed it. Um, but 
this team is soft. You look at, I don't know how Royce O'Neal continues to get major minutes on this team. He is a turnstile defensively. I, 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 I am, I continue to find myself being shocked. Like last night I tweeted that Donovan Mitchell clearly didn't look right. Yeah. He did not look right. He did not have lift last night. And then he he gets that dunk off the Trent Forrest pass before Rudy knocked Trent Forrest off. Fuck out! Um, <laughs> that was pretty gnarly, too. Oof. Oof. I'll drop that money. Yeah, and he did. But my point is, like, Don has one dunk, and everybody's like, oh, you're an idiot. And it's like, okay, well, by the way, how many threes did Donovan Mitchell make last night? Two, three, four, how m- oh, zero. Zero. Donovan Mitchell did not make a three last night. They did not make a three in the fourth quarter. They made two in the second half after making 10 in the first half, three-pointers. What is there to say about this team? They're playing out the string. Yes. That's what this team is doing. And and I don't know that that's a problem. Everybody wanted to blame Quinn Snyder for Donovan Mitchell's timeout. How about you blame Donovan Mitchell? Not only, let's get real clear about this, not only did he call a timeout, he clearly tried to walk away with the basketball. You cannot move on a bucket, on an inbound pass off a not-made basket. Yeah. You cannot move. He has to stand there. And then he calls a timeout. Like, how is that Quinn Snyder's fault? It's like, do you understand? And I don't mean to rail about this, but you understand this is the exact same team it was last year with one notable exception, and that is... Rudy Gay is here and Joe Ingles is not. That's the only significant roster change. Guys like Mia Oni, guys like George Niang are not significant. The significant change was Rudy Gay for Joe Ingles. Yeah. And Rudy Gay was not the problem last night. He shot the three fine. The guy is just who he is. He can't defend. I just think the the thing that really stands out, you know, from this game is is like you have all these kind of subset of stories. You know, you've got the Gobert comments after the game. You've got Don's you know, trying to call a timeout, but you don't have a timeout. You've got Don not making a three. You know, all these little things that go on during the course of a game. And, and what really stands out to me is is the team is just not together. That's that's really what, what stands out. The team is not playing together. They're not playing great team basketball. They're not – like the belief to me isn't really there anymore. You're just – like you said, you're just playing out the string, and I think that's really tough. I think that the Jazz – you know, you can only get to a certain point of frustration before you start to say, you know, this season probably is, yeah, we're, we, we'll get to, we'll get to the postseason and we'll play our playoff series, but, but this ain't it. And, and I think that the other thing we have to talk about is, is, you know, the fact that Rudy was moving just fine last night. You know, I think we have to revisit the topic of, Hey, why didn't you play in Dallas? You know? And I think that's adding to the frustration of this game last night, because even though, Rudy Gobert played last night. It's not like that really caused any type of issue for the Clippers. Obviously, late, there wasn't any kind of issue. And I think that, you know, yeah, Rudy had some nice blocks and some nice moments. But I don't know. Like, again, I noticed last night Donovan Mitchell won't give him the ball in the pick and roll. But he's happy to give Rudy Gay the ball in the middle of the paint so Rudy Gay can kick it back out. I don't think it's any secret. I don't think we should run from it. These two don't like playing together. It's not a secret, and it's not outlandish to say. And I think that the only question that really remains as far as this team is concerned is how painful is it going to be going out, you know, in the first round? Do you survive the first round? Because as we're about to detail, uh, the sixth seed 
is something that is probably a, a reality. You know, falling to the sixth seed is probably going to happen at this point because of because of where you are, and I think that's really rough. You know, I th- I think that's really rough, and it doesn't feel good, but it's the facts of the case because the Denver Nuggets are hot, and they're right. What what did you say? They are a half game back now. Correct. You know? So that's and, and they have the Indiana Pacers tonight. Yeah. Who half their lineup is out for the year, and the other half plays for the Sacramento Kings. So, <laughs> I like mean, that's a pretty good recipe to go ahead and pick up half a game. When, when the team ahead of you isn't playing tonight. so Yeah, I mean, if you could change one thing about this team, what would it be? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's easy to say, hey, I'd, I'd love to trade Rudy and, and, and create a new dynamic. Yeah, I mean, that's easy. I mean, right now, here today, I think we're at a point now in the season where you're, you're, you're in a tough spot if you're this organization. Because, yeah, would I love to, to say to Rudy, yeah, you know, we're 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 gonna we're gonna move you. We don't want to play you. We're just, you're done for the season or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, sure, and we can play other guys. Yeah, but but you're not gonna do that. Obviously, that's outlandish. You know, that's that's off the reservation, if you will. So right now, I don't think there's much you can change. I think in the summer, I I think the Rudy Gobert situation is priority number one because you know, and and I'm not trying to stir the pot on the Don leaving thing, but these types of situations, if you allow them to brew, if you allow them to continue, if you allow them like, to fester, yeah. and if you don't address it aggressively, yeah, with like a clear direction, these are the type of things that star players don't want to be around. And and I think that, you know, whether you're a whether you're a Rudy Gobert fanboy or you're not, you know, a Rudy Gobert fanboy. There's no denying that Rudy Gobert is the center of the drama on this team, one way or another, almost on a nightly basis. And didn't he? And you, you said he, because again, his Rudy Gobert's post-game comments weren't on video. Who's surprised? But he said something like, "You know, I can't speak for everybody in terms of who wants to win every night or something like I that." I hate losing, but I can't speak for everybody. I mean, what kind of backhanded comment is that? You know, like, and, yeah. and sometimes I just want to say to Rudy, like, "Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are in the league?" Because I got news for you. Just because you're paid $41 million a year doesn't mean that you're LeBron James. It doesn't mean that you're Kevin Durant or even Donovan Mitchell, you know? And that's the thing that I think Rudy needs to work on. He needs to he needs to humble himself and, and understand his role. Well, and, and I thought I thought it was interesting that everybody was sending me Joe Ingles' jersey tweet about good vibes and you know, he tweeted a picture of his Trailblazers jersey, Joe Ingles did. And he said good vibes only on it. And I my, I mean, is that Joe Ingles taking a shot at the Utah Jazz? You know, is, you know, I, and I apparently Mione said something as well on Twitter. And he said history repeating itself as if to take a shot at the Jazz. And all I'm saying with all this Twitter stuff yeah. is like, you know, I know that we have Joe Ingles people on this show and like, or the people, you know, listeners like James Knight and a few others and all that. Like my point is, is like, it doesn't really matter. Honestly, dude, it doesn't matter if what Mione or Joe Ingles wants to tweet about good vibes and history repeating Oh, itself. absolutely. Like, it matters. Like, absolutely. I totally disagree. Absolutely. It matters. And you know why it matters? Cause that's taking a shot at guys like Quinn Snyder. That's taking a shot at the organization. Is what that is. When Quinn Snyder, you know, is is battling for his team's life and Joe Ingles is tweeting a picture. And, you know, honestly, I follow Joe on Twitter. I saw that and I never thought about Sarah Todd's article, um, which is what he's referencing, that there are – Sarah Todd said that this is a bad vibe team. 
And I, I, now that I've seen that and I think about that, I think it is Joe Ingles taking a shot at the club. I think, and I think it is one of those things where when you have former players taking public shots at the Utah Jazz, that's a big deal. That generally, that doesn't happen. Usually you're dead to me. A guy like Joe Ingles, whose family still lives here, who espouses so much love, it is it is not a minor thing when he is tweeting a picture of his, his Blazers jersey saying good vibes. I don't view that as a minor thing. Well, I mean, I think that the point I was just trying to make is that, you know, if you're a player in that locker room, you don't really have time to worry about, you know, these type of instances. I do agree that it's not great that these guys are taking shots at the organization on Twitter. But do I have to like come over there and punch you in the yeah, face? Yeah, sure. Punch I me. Think in, so. Punch me. Punch I think me so. in the face, dude. I think so. Punch because me in the face. When, <laughs> look, Chris Rock. Yeah. I just want to. <laughs> like, how are we so opposed on this? And we haven't talked about this in our vaunted pre-show secret meeting the scenes. in the bunker where nobody's allowed to listen. Donnie, please. Um, I think the problem is that this Utah Jazz team is focused on shit like this almost exclusively because they ain't well, focused on winning. That. Yeah, they're focused on Joe Ingles. Yo, did you see what 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 Joe put on Twitter? Yeah. Did you? Did, they're focused on that. Yeah. They think about that. Yeah. They talk about that, and I think really that's a problem. You don't think that's a problem? No, I, I, no, my, what I was saying is that I, I think that it's a, it's, they should not be, they, they should not be focused on it. I, I think if you're an NBA player, I mean, it's, this conversation is forever old. Like, you know, it's, in terms of how long it's been around, like you can't be focused on, you know, Twitter and the social media yet. These guys are. And I, and I think that, you know, again, it just speaks to where the team is at. You're focused on everything except what's going on on the floor. And and, it, and and the saying goes something like, you know, you take care of basketball or you take care of football or whatever your, you know, sporting profession is, it'll take care of you. And I think that Donovan Mitchell is, is one of the only guys, you know, that I see that, you know, is able to, you know, see what, you know, and Andy Larson said the other day or see Joe Ingles tweeting or whatever you know, and still come out and, and do his job. And I think that's the thing. This team is not full of guys who are overly talented. You've got a guy in Paul George who hasn't played in months, dude. Came right back, lit you up, no problem. Was first quarter turning Mike Conley over repeatedly. Like, the guy is just better than you, you know. And this Jazz team has one of those guys, and that's Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I, I think the comments Rudy made after the game where he said um... – you know, it, to, after, about blowing a, a big lead again. He mm -hmm. said, I mean, it hurts. It hurts, to be honest. I can't speak for everybody, but for myself, it hurts. What does that even mean, dude? Well, And I think this goes back to, is Rudy Gobert liked by his teammates? And I think the answer almost universally is no. I think there are chemistry problems in this locker room. We've been reporting this since December, that these guys don't necessarily like each other. These guys don't necessarily like playing together. Yeah. And I think what you're seeing is when they get into those situations, and if you have never competed athletically, and I have, I've been very fortunate. I've played a lot of important games uh, in team sports, and I can tell you being around championship teams like the Lakers, like, I mean, I've, I've been around a lot of really good teams. The San Francisco Giants are a perfect example of this. When the going gets tough, 
you close ranks. You don't say things like, it hurts, but I can't speak for everybody. Because what you're saying there is, well, I'm not sure everybody cares about losing. And that's just not the case. There's not a guy in that locker room that isn't frustrated right now. You, you can't tell me that Donovan Mitchell doesn't care about losing. He clearly does. And the thing that bothers me so much about this and the Donovan Mitchell timeout situation, the Royce O'Neal refusing to shoot again last night, mm-hmm. um, Rudy Gobert not, in my opinion, competing offensively. The thing that bothers me so much is that it just doesn't need to be this way. The problem that bothers me so much is it's very clear you don't have the right guys. It's very clear that Ryan Smith has not done a good enough job. It's very clear that Justin Zanuck has not done a good enough job. This largely is not on the players, but everybody points their fingers at the players. You need to understand that players simply play the game. To nine out of 10 guys play to their very best ability every single night at what separates them. But when you have guys like Rudy and Donovan who don't like each other, they don't get along, they don't like playing together, they've had run-ins in the locker room and off the court this year, it's not their fault that it continues. It is not Donovan Mitchell's fault that he shoots too much and turns the ball over. That's on Quinn Snyder. It is not Donovan Mitchell's fault that he doesn't have a go-to number two option on this team. That's Justin Zanuck's fault. It is not Rudy Gobert's fault that he is the only guy that is capable of playing defense in the paint. That is Justin Zanuck's fault. And we can point fingers at all these different players. The failure of this team right now is Ryan Smith. The failure of this team right now is Justin Zanuck because this has been going on too long. And when we sit here and we talk about, hey, this is the exact same outcome we saw a year ago, is that Donovan Mitchell's fault? No, it's not. The fault lies with the owner and the general manager. Danny Ainge has been here for 15 minutes. He hasn't even had a chance to really do anything. And again, I'm just going to go back to what I've been reporting to you and what sources have been telling me since the turn of the year. These guys don't like each other. There is frustration with Rudy Gobert because he mouths off in the locker room far too often. And the, the, the thing last night, I think it was, it was January or February where I talked about that Rudy does not defend on the pick and roll. And everybody fucking lost their mind and blasted me and said, you're a casual, you don't watch games. Hey, man, you're a casual. Am I a casual now? You're a casual. Right? Like, I can only say it so many times. Rudy Gobert is a limited player. Yeah. His limitations are he cannot defend the perimeter, and he is not. He is a liability offensively. He is excellent at the rim. When Evita Zubac wants to try and dunk on him, there's only one guy I want at the rim, and it's Rudy Gobert. But if I got to defend the pick and roll, there's a thousand other guys I want instead of Rudy Gobert, right? I, it just it just yes. is what it is. And the the issue is he's not the only problem. But 
fuck, man, he's a problem. Well, he's the main problem and, because of what he's paid. Well, yeah, I would agree with that. But you look at Donovan Mitchell, it's unforgivable yeah. to call a timeout there. It is unforgivable, not once, not twice, three times to get picked from behind by Paul George last night. It's unforgivable. I, 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 it's unforgivable of Quinn Snyder to have Royce O'Neal in the game in big moments, but it's unforgivable that Royce O'Neal won't make good decisions and cannot think under pressure. It's unforgivable. It is, it is beyond me that Jordan Clarkson simply forgets how to score the basketball when they're, when they're going through these stretches where they're losing. And I'm trying to understand. Like, it's unforgivable, Quinn Snyder, to review that fucking foul. That's unforgivable. You That is... And I, I here's, here's the other part of the Quinn Snyder conversation. Why have these parts of the game... Why are you terrible out of timeouts? Why is this team not good out of timeouts? I, I don't understand it. You're calling the timeout in the right situation. But what you're running out of that timeout doesn't work. Okay, 20% of that is probably that you don't have your athletes. Okay, I get that. The other 80% is it's just a flawed theory. It's a flawed theory. But you don't have any more timeouts when you really needed one because I think you wanted to placate Rudy Gobert. That was a, a terrible challenge. You cannot challenge that call there. Yeah. So we can sit here and we can point fingers at the players, but I'm telling you right now, the failure of this team is is the high and mighty, oh, Ryan Smith is this great owner that's going to change the world and keep it exactly the same as it was for the last year. It's it's Ryan Smith's fault. It is He's absolutely responsible for this. And not – look, I don't have a problem with Justin Zanuck. I really don't. I think he's a serviceable – executive in the NBA yeah he cannot be pulling the strings anymore he he cannot you've got to you have you've got in my opinion to allow Danny Ainge to to run the the player the the player what's the right way to say this everything having to do with what players are on the floor and what they're doing has to run through Danny Ainge yeah period it's that simple because you're just you're standing still, man, and everybody's running past you. And I'm I'm just I'm a little burned out on oh tech executive and giant. Oh, he saved RSL. What does that mean to Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert? Okay, cool. He's a billionaire. Nice. What does that mean? How about we flex some of those billionaire dollars to get some talent? Not on Mike Conley to pay the luxury tax. Like that's a do you understand now that the Mike Conley thing was a terrible decision? I understand the Rudy contract. You would own the team for like 37 seconds. And Dennis Lindsay, the beloved Dennis Lindsay, who, oh, man. What the fuck are you talking about? Dennis Lindsay walked up to you 37 seconds. The ink wasn't even dry on your ownership papers. And he's like, yeah, by the way, I want to give Rudy Gobert, you know, $200 million and pay him $41 million a year. You good with that? Yeah, okay, cool. All right, thanks. That's how the Rudy Gobert contract went down. Like, what was he going to say? No. What, what I'm telling you is you can point at the players and point at the point at the owner, point at the GM, point at the head coach. Yeah. Because the players are just doing what they know how to do. 
All right, I feel better. Not really. I don't feel better. What are the people saying? We probably shouldn't read the comments today. Uh, Talking with Raphael podcast says, good morning. Shout out to Mo Bamba for Raphael. Um, Good to see you, Raphael. Shout out to Mo Bamba. Tanner Plummer says, the Utah Jazz, a.k.a. the Atlanta Falcons of the NBA. Uh, Edgar Garcia says, good morning, players. Man, oh, man, did the Jazz shut down last night. Mm -hmm. Uh, How the F are people still saying that you guys don't watch Jazz games? It's remarkable. It's incredible. And I'll read you the comment because I, I actually think Please, it's, we could use some laughs in our life. I actually think it's that funny. Yeah. Um, I need to see if I can find it because we got a lot of comments yesterday, as you can mm-hmm. imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it is, let me see, where where do it be? On the handy-dandy iPhone. Yeah, we got, let's, you know, um, I haven't responded. Um. I don't know. I'll look for it. But the guy straight up says, you guys watch three games and then make a snap decision. You don't watch jazz games. This okay. is a testament to how many comments we get. By yeah, the way. I can't. F- I'm buried in comments on it, honestly. Um, I'd like to read all the comments on it, but I can't. But yeah, I mean, I think that I think that there are a lot of people out there who who read the headlines and just go with it. But I think that, yeah, I mean, we watch we watch every game, you know, like we do so i just think that yeah this team is the next three seasons are going to be rough dude i'm just telling you guys now the the team they're going to tear this thing down in the summer and then that process of getting back to being relevant in the western conference will be really interesting it will be and i i think it's interesting that um there's so much i can't find it we're like we had over 300 comments yesterday so i apologize I shouldn't have brought it up, but yeah, I, I just, there's no, there's no quick solution for this. You know, that's the other thing that everybody keeps saying, well, how do we, how do we fix it? You don't fix it. You burn it down. You burn it down. You know, you're going to, what did you say about the dark night before the show today? Um, you endure. Yeah. You endure. You endure. You endure. Yeah. You no, en- it's endure. Endure. Like yeah. a, like an English guy. <laughs> yeah. Or, you, you, know. you have to endure the pain now. You know, you have to, you have to go through the process and, you know, and, and we were specifically talking about what, what would you say if you were Quinn Snyder to Donovan Mitchell this morning, what would you say to him when you came into the building or the practice facility or whatever? I would say, yeah, man, you have to endure, and I and I empathize with you that this is difficult right now, and and I and I know you know we're doing everything that we can do, but but right now it we're just in that in that painful stretch of the season where it can't get over soon enough. And you have arguably the worst defensive team in the NBA coming to town tomorrow, um, in the Lakers. And <laughs> my God, you better beat them, dude. Like I, 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 I don't mean, know. If you can't beat the Lakers, I mean, the Pelicans beat the Lakers. Come on, dude. But there is something to be said for guys coming back to play the Jazz. Mm-hmm. Like, Paul George had no reason to come back last night. And he came back against against the Jazz. And made a statement doing it. And LeBron and AD are close to returning. Would it surprise anybody if LeBron and AD showed up at, at the Viv tomorrow night and ready to play? And I don't want to hear people saying, oh, well, the Jazz just have bad luck. All these guys, the timing it's of it has luck. worked out perfectly. It's not luck, dude. They're it's working their ass all. off to come back to play you. Yeah, it's not luck at all. Uh, uh, Funky Orion says, when I saw the Jazz lead by 15 or more, I felt bad because they will blow it, and they did. Good morning, Greg Hawkins. Jordan A says, morning, guys. 
Gobert got to stop failing, uh, flailing those arms and injuring his own players. Total drama queen, like you guys have said. Yes, yeah. totally. Uh, Funky says, and hopefully they don't lose the remain the uh, remaining games. Oh, and this meltdown happened on national TV. What a great time to be a Jazz fan. <laughs> okay. Uh, Funky says Donovan uh, feels frustrated. I hope he does. They kept losing. I mean, it, there's not a quick way to not lose. Yeah. There's not a way to 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 be around this. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, there's there's just not. And I don't know. I mean, this is who this team is. I can only say it so many times. This is the exact same team you had last year. And this is why the trade deadline was such an issue. You know, not going and getting a Spencer Dinwiddie was such an issue because last night a Dinwiddie-type player is exactly who you needed. You needed someone to give you that spark. And I think that this team more and more, you know, and even, even if Bogdanovich was playing, you know, more and more it just turns into, hey, what do we get from Don and hope for the best from everybody else? That's what offense is yeah. for this team, and I think that's unrealistic. Yeah, and I, I, I just don't know how you, you know, like I, I, I just don't know how you don't, I don't know how you don't go about, you know, changing this roster, you know, like I don't know how you don't, you like how do you not make that Dinwiddie deal? Yeah. You could have had Spencer Dinwiddie, and they just didn't want to, they didn't want to do that. And I, I really wish that, you know, I, I really wish that, I wish they had made that deal. Here's that comment I was talking about. Austin McBride, the number one contributor of screen assists in the NBA is never an offensive liability. These guys have watched like three jazz games and make snap judgments. That makes zero sense. Real ones, no casuals. Okay. Like, and and this is the thing with Rudy Stats Gobert. Guy. So yeah, hey, look, he is he is his highest best use on offense is is without question pick and roll. It, it's without question. But what happened last night with Donovan in the first quarter? They they tried to run pick and roll, and they were so far out of sync on pick and roll. But is there anybody that questions whether Rudy Gobert last night specific? Look at last night when. You're almost arch nemesis at this point. The L.A. Clippers was Rudy Gobert a liability offensively last night. I don't know how you say that he's not. Yeah, and I'm trying to be objective about it. You know, like I, I would I, love to hear an argument, a counter, he, an argument. He's to it. four of seven, one of six from the free throw line with three air balls, sixteen rebounds, an assist, two steals, three blocks, three turnovers, a minus one last night. Nine points. Nine. Nine points. He's one of six from the line, and this team was 17 to 29. They shot 58.6%. And the other thing that's really clear here that I took a lot of heat on Twitter for last night is, is the all of this is self-inflicted. You understand that, right? Like, I love the Clippers in their game and tenacity. And, yeah, they're, they're a tough-ass team to play against. The L.A. Clippers can defend anybody. Yeah. That's not why the Jazz lost. It's not why the Jazz lost. They they lost because you got 33 points out of Donovan Mitchell. And, like, you, Hernan Gomez was arguably your best three-point option last night. And you got, you got, you got beat defensively. Yeah. You, you, you got beat defensively. I mean, you, you scored 115 points. 
But fuck, man, you gave up 121. Do you see the the the? I don't even know what to call it, but Don is putting up 33 points with a bum ankle and basically no help on offense. Do you get that? Do you understand how damn good he is? Like yeah, that's that's insanely good for where this team he is. He should not play tomorrow night against the Lakers. He should not play. It, there's just it it makes no sense for him to play that Laker game. Well, and if somebody wants to explain that to me like and make the case like why would he play why would you have Donovan Mitchell play on the road against Golden State? Why? Well, cuz I think you're I mean, I know this sounds pretty ridiculous on its face but i think you're trying to stay out of the plan right now honestly i don't that it's see and and okay i'm glad you brought that up i don't see any way they fall into the play in tournament well i didn't see any way that they blew that 25 point lead and now here we are okay they're two games up on minnesota like how are mm -hmm. you with six to play They've or whatever lost it is four of their last five who's to say and i'm not saying they're going to lose out but who's to say that they don't lose 70 percent of the rest of their games and minnesota finds a way to win a couple they shouldn't that's what we're talking about here like, yeah, I look at Minnesota and <laughs> look, I like Minnesota a lot. I've, I've talked about it on this show that I think the world of Minnesota, mm -hmm. I think that's a very dangerous team, mm -hmm. but they got blown out by Boston. Right. And now they're going to Toronto, Denver, and Houston. They're going to lose two of those three. They're going to beat Houston. Then it's home to finish the season, Washington, San Antonio, and Chicago. And San Antonio needs this win desperately. The Bulls need the win desperately. They're trying to stay in the home court. Yep. And Washington, they should win that game. I, I think they have three possible wins left on their schedule. And I agree. I agree that it ain't like the Jazz have a schedule full of wins. They should beat the Lakers. They should. They should beat the Lakers. They're right. I mean, I think we all can agree on that. But... I mean, I, I look at the Golden State Warrior game. They should beat Golden State with or without Don. I mean, see, I'm not as confident in that game. I'm not. I'm not. I think that Golden I, State without without Steph, Golden State's just not the same team. Well, no, of, of course I mean, they're not the same team. But but that's not really what we're like. I don't think that's the standpoint we should be having the conversation from. I think we got to talk about matchups and, and how this game plays out. Golden State likes to play fast. Golden State can shoot the three at a pretty high rate, even without Steph, you know. Um, and I don't know. I just think that Golden State has some athletes that, that can hurt you. Okay. Home for the Lakers is a win. Yeah, that's at a win. At Golden State, okay, great. Call it a loss. Home for Memphis. That's a loss. Okay. Home for Oklahoma City. That should be a win. But, again, I just want to point this out. Call me a hater. You lost to that team earlier this year. I just want to point that out. I know you're at home. You shouldn't lose. I'm with that, but I'm just telling you, when you ask me, hey, how could they follow the play-in, that's one of those games where I'm like, hey, you're up 15 at the half. There should be no problem. This should be Jared Butler for 20 minutes tonight, and it turns into you win by, like, one point, and you have to grind it out. That's the kind of game I'm talking about, but let's call that a win on the schedule. Home for Phoenix next Friday. That's a loss. That's a loss. At Portland next Sunday to end the season. That's a 10. win for sure. There should be no— So those are three, possibly four wins on their schedule. Yeah, yeah. You should win those games. Yeah. The question is, what are you going to do with Donovan Mitchell's ankle? Because Don Don needs to be 60, 70, 80% in the playoffs. Yeah. Because this is the same right ankle he had that injury on last it's year. It's so by the way. crazy how similar this is playing out to last year's postseason. It's very, very similar. 
you know, with Don's ankle and in in Rudy drama and, and zero depth and nobody to help and, and Bo- Terrence and, man and, and bogey's like, out now and it's like dude you know like damn yeah it's the same um, narratives Braden Christensen says I'm done as a jazz fan for the rest of the season this team sucks they're going nowhere in the playoffs and they will get bounced out in the first round I live in Arizona and the Suns are my second favorite team uh might as well jump on that bandwagon and cheer for a team that knows how to play basketball and has chemistry wow well I think that that's you know, that's real easy for you to do. I'm, I mean, I enjoy watching the Jazz play ball too, no doubt. Yeah. But uh, Av Lee says, this is such a soft Jazz team, the softest team and the softest mentality I've ever seen from the Jazz, even compared to the years back when we're not even a playoff contender, just sad. Yeah. I mean, I agree. This is one of the softer teams I've seen in quite some time. And this team is different than last year's team by a lot. Yep. Frank H says crazy how Rubio had gotten us further than Mike Conley has. Well, it's not Mike. It's not um. It's not Mike Conley's fault they wanted to bring him back. Yeah, it's not his I mean, fault that they. If, paid if him. I can, if if I can stand my ground and say I told you so, the Mike Conley thing is one of uh, that's one it's of the one ones of the best things I mean, I'll ever say. I that anyway, um, you know, it is what it is. It seems like uh, the six three matchup will be Jazz Mavs still with the Warriors are playing with the way the Warriors are playing right now. Yeah, could be. Yeah, absolutely. Avli says, leave Rudy alone. He's not the main issue. He's actually the most consistent player on the team. No, yeah. he's not. The problem is he's he makes not. the problem is he makes $41 million. And no, he's not consistent. He's not the most consistent Nine player. Nine points on the team. last night looks really consistent compared to his 20 points a night, right? Do you understand that this guy has been negative more than he has been positive since the All-Star break? Net negative. Like he is giving up more points than he, they are scoring when he's on the floor. He is a negative. He is part of the problem. And I think I think everybody votes for awards on highlight on highlights. Yes. And Rudy is a very good defensive player. But he cannot guard the perimeter. If he's at the rim, he is the best defender in the NBA. But he's not an elite perimeter defender by any stretch of the imagination. I, Ab, I know that you love the guy, but I'm just going to keep saying it. Rudy Gobert is unathletic, and he is soft. He is una- Rudy Gobert is unathletic, and he is soft. Yeah, He is not skilled. He is not a guy that is able to dribble most times, and his footwork is lacking, and he's never addressed that. And it's not like he's a 25-year-old kid anymore. We're not talking about Ennis Cantor or Rudy Gobert anymore. He's making $41 million a year. He's the centerpiece of your team. You're built around Rudy Gobert, and it's a huge mistake. Those are the facts. Is it Rudy's fault? No. Does Rudy Gobert suck? No, he doesn't. Is Rudy Gobert a problem? Damn right he is. He's a huge problem. He's a $41 million problem. Because you look at the other guys – and again, I know we just talked about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't know how to point this out any clearer than just say, hey, these are the guys. These are the guys that are making the, the most money in the league this year. And again, I would just ask you to consider when, when, we, when we look at this, I would ask you to consider How does Rudy Gobert compare to these guys? The highest paid player in the NBA this year is Steph Curry at $45.7 million. Okay. 
John Wall's number two at $44.3 million. James Harden is number three at $44.3 million. Russell Westbrook is number four at $44.2 million. Kevin Durant's number five at $42 million. Like, if you look at these numbers, like, he's making a ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. And, and think about some of the guys. Like, I think his actual cap hit this year is what? 30? 35.3, it looks like. So, if you think about some of the guys that he's paid on just this year alone, he's paid the same amount of money um, as Chris Middleton, Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving, uh, Bradley Beal, Drew Holiday. I mean, and then when you start looking at the the average number and you, you start to realize that his number goes up every year. This year, he's 34.8. Next year, he's 37.6. Three years, he's 40.4. And then in, in 2024-25, Rudy Gobert is going to make $43.2 million, which will be more money which will be more money than guys like Jimmy Butler. It's insane. Like got like it's guys more that, than Joel. It's more than Jokic. More than a think ton about of guys. that. Think about what. Think about the guys. He Nikola Jokic is making five million dollars less than Rudy Gobert. Donovan Mitchell is at twenty eight point one million. Andrew Wiggins, Joel Embiid is making $5 million less than Rudy Gobert this season. Jason Tatum, 28.1. CJ McCallum, D'Angelo Russell. Um, you, you look at, I'd rather, frankly, if, if you said to me, hey, would you trade Jason Tatum for Rudy Gobert? Yes. All day. Jason Tatum's making $28.1 million. Brandon Ingram, would you trade Rudy Gobert for Brandon Ingram? Yes, I would. Brandon Ingram is making $29.4 million. Draymond Green, $24 million. I mean, it's it's remark Jalen Brown, 26.7. DeMar DeRozan, 26. I, 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 I come on, man. Like you look at these numbers, they're paying Mike Conley $21 million. Steven Adams. They're paying Mike they're, they're paying Mike Conley $21 million a year. It's insane. So and then so wait, Zach so Levine's making right. 19.5. Let me get this right. You're going to pay these guys Good Lord. exponentially more than you should. And then you're going to be upset when you don't have a good team. DeMontis Sabonis, 18.5 million. I, I'm, I, you guys, you, you can't possibly think that Rudy Gobert is not a problem. Brooke Lopez, 13.3. <laughs> I'm at, like, go up DeAndre and down this list. Ayton. DeAndre Ayton, 12.6. Oh my God! Like it's crazy, dude. Like I, I I don't mean to make a make a whole skit about this and go on a, go on something too long, but when you start comparing Rudy's game to some of these other guys who are paid substantially Fuck, less isn't money, Lu- isn't Luca only making like nine million? Ten point one, ten point one for Luca Doncic. Luca Doncic is making ten point one, and Rudy's making thirty five million dollars. It's insane. I I don't know. And you're telling me that Rudy Gobert is not a problem. Get the fuck. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Mason Plumley, 9.2 million. Oh my God. Please. 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 Mo Bamba, 7.5 million. Stop it. Stop it. Come on. Anyway. 
Uh, Kobe Don says, as a non-Jazz fan, it seems like Rudy is the one that needs to go, but his value has been exposed. So it's it will would be harder to move him. I agree completely. You're going to have to eat probably 35 to 40% of the remaining value of that contract. And that's a lot of money, which is why you can't... Look, I, Rudy Gobert is not your worst player, but it comes with the territory, Av. He's making $41 million on average. He's got to produce. It matters, bro. Jeez. Like, I think, before you read the next one, I just want to make this point. I just want to make this point. When you look at, when you look at, like, the best players that the league's ever seen over the course of time, you know, you look at the Stephs, the LeBrons, you, know, you start going back in time, Kobe, Michael, those guys. Like, I remember when I was in my teenage years when Kobe was getting paid, dude. Like, he was getting bread. And the point was that team sucked. He had won multiple titles for them, and they were taking care of him. And it's Kobe effing Bryant, dude. It's Kobe, dude. Kobe being Bryant, right? There's no dispute that you're happy to pay the guy. I'd have to look at the numbers, but I want to say he was like mid-40s for a season or two at the end of his career that they were paying him. Nobody had a problem with that because it's Kobe, right? You you can't ignore the dynamic that is money in the NBA. Money doesn't matter when we talk about who's paying for dinner, but damn if it matters when we're talking about championships and your team construction. It matters, man, a lot. They're paying Mike Conley $21 million. That yeah. That is like, that's as bad as is Rudy's 41. I mean, it's this whole situation, right. not not to go off the reservation here, but it's this whole situation with Aaron Rodgers, right? Think about it. You you decided to pay Aaron Rodgers, what was it, 50 a year, I think, or whatever yeah. he broke, whatever ridiculous number it is. So let me get this right. You want to pay Aaron Rodgers $50 million a year, but you want to trade Devontae Adams, the best receiver in the league, by everyone's standard, it's you unanimous. You paid the quarterback $50 like, million and traded his best receiver. Well, who's he going to throw the ball to? Come on. And that's why I think, again, just to finish this point, that's why I think when guys like Tom Brady take less to win more, it is such a great thing. And that's what I think you know, a lot of teams need to get back to is finding guys like that. Yeah, And Scott Howard Scott Howard says Luka and Aiton's contracts aren't comparable with Rudy because of where they are. Next contract, they'll get a ton of money, but your point is well taken. But no, whoa, 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 whoa. The Suns are refusing to pay DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton wants Rudy Gobert money. The Suns have refused to extend his contract. They're saying no, and you know what their logic in that was? This isn't a big man's league. We can't afford to give 20-plus percent of our salary cap to the center. So... Aiton and Gobert's contract situations are very comparable because the Jazz rolled over because the beloved, oh, Dennis Lindsay's a beloved figure. Oh, Dennis. Oh. Wow. That wow. probably too, that That's was probably. That's interesting, man. Guys, wow. I, you know, wow. See, Keep I, it real. I got lost in the moment. Daddy. Wow. Anyway, the point is. Wow. Daddy. The point is. <laughs> the point is the Phoenix Suns are like, nah, bro. We're not paying you $40 million a year. I'm sorry if you're offended by that. We would give that money to Devin Booker, but we're not giving that money to you because mm -hmm. you're a center mm -hmm. and you don't play defense. Man, the jazz highlights are on in the background. I mean, Paul George just was terrorizing Mike Conley, dude. Like, yeah. just repeatedly. And, but no, what he what they're doing, do you understand what the, what the Clippers did last night watching these highlights? They attack the rim. Yeah. yeah. And 
The other thing that they did is they played on that. They used that that attacking style at the rim to get guys like Luke Kennard looks. Yeah. And Man. it works perfectly. It works perfectly. And, you know, you, you look at the way that the Jazz fell apart in this game is they turned the ball over and they gave up second chance opportunities. Yeah. It's not rocket science. I mean, and even sports centers doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's brutal. It's amazing. It's brutal. And you watch, you watch Terrence Mann give the ball to a wide open Luke Kennard because Wanacho Cheese hurts and go your mama. He's a bum. Leaves him open at the top. <laughs> hey, by the way, somebody forgot to tell. Hey, uh, Conley, Reggie Jackson shoots threes. Reggie Jackson. He can make a... Th Isn't Reggie the perfect example, look at, too? Look at Paul George go right into Rudy Gobert's... Yeah. Anyway, we'll stop. Um, Avli says, I didn't say he's worth $40 million a year. It's not his fault someone went nuts paying. I'm just saying he's the most consistent in his game, not out of his game. Okay, when you say he's consistent, yeah. tell me what... You don't know what you're going to get point-wise out of Rudy. There's one thing he does consistently well every night. He rebounds. That's what he does. And... On a lot on some nights he 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 rim protects really well, but against the Clippers he doesn't get to rim protect because they don't care. They're going to go into his chest, and they're not going to hand the ball to Avica Zubats every time so Rudy can block those shots. Yeah, you know. And by the way, the biggest issue with this team is not Rudy Gobert on the floor. The biggest X and O basketball issue is they turn the ball over. They don't they don't box out. That Hartenstein dunk from the the Paul George pass was because nobody boxed Hartenstein out. Nobody. So it is what it is. Just a couple more because mm. we got to talk about pornography and it's killing your marriage. Uh, Gobert's contract is like uh, Luol Deng of the Lakers when we decided to let him uh, – Yeah. Let his <laughs> – when we decided to let this no offense tower. Yeah, the Lakers – I think the Lakers are still paying Bobby Bonilla. Um, that's a Bobby Bonilla. Does anybody understand that? <laughs> And the Mets are still paying Bobby Bonilla. You, if you know, you know. Caleb says, I grew up a Pistons fan. It sucks seeing Reggie Jackson play out of his mind in L.A. Where was this when he played in Detroit? And don't get me started about Greg Monroe. <laughs> Greg Monroe's a serviceable guy if you play him 10 minutes a night. Again, add him to the list. Yeah. Blame the Millers, and Garcy said. Don't you dare talk about the, the Millers. Millers. Oh. Don't. 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 And Garcy says too much, Monty. Sorry. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says the daddy and the wow, what a loser drop are are the goats. Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Funky Orion says, sorry for asking. Maybe I missed something. I checked the web now and noted Gobert's salary is US 35. Not sure why different from 41. 41 is the amateurized, which means the average every year. When you take the total value divided by divided by X Y Z banana and everything, they, he averages forty one million dollars a year. You'll notice that every year of Gobert's contract it escalates; it goes yeah. up. Um, so you take his total contract divided by the years in the deal because contracts in the NBA are fully guaranteed. And we were saying that, yeah. Uh, and so he averages forty one million dollars a year. Josh Lovern says KD doesn't think highly of Rudy's game at all. No, I would not nope. think he does. Uh, Eric C says, "Morning, everyone. Did we really blow the lead last night? Who RSL, Eric? Oh, um, what a loser!" <laughs> Eric was like, "Hey, man, if you guys don't like RSL, send them to California." Hey guys, they Dude. can't pay the taxes Ooh, okay with all due respect i understand that rsl matters in salt lake i get it 
who the hell cares? Please. It's please. not RSL. It's Real Salt Real, Lake. Real, sorry. It's not real. Real Salt Lake. Yeah, hey the, the Real Salt Lake is <laughs> out by the airport, bro. It's at Real Tinto. It's Real Salt Lake. Rio Tinto Stadium, brah. Anyway. Wow. 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 Stop. I'm, ter- I, I'm a terrible person. Uh, Casey Finlinson, what's for lunch today? He says, Rudy does not consistently rebound. I wish somebody could find out how many rebounds he got in the fourth quarter because it looks like he consistently just pushed uh, is pushed out of the way. But that's logical, Casey. No, no, no. Uh, Donovan No Mamba Mitchell. <laughs> And Garcia says, <laughs> okay. Shout the Mobamba. That's fine. Uh, by the way, real quick. Yeah. Two minutes on Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Will he play this season? Yeah, because uh, retroactive to last Here year, rectally speaking. Here we go. Here so we Jake go. and I had pretty good fight before the show today because he's still frustrated that, um, you know, the way my life is set up, I get top. Never mind. Butthole. <laughs> Uh, we had an argument over Deshaun Watson, and Jake's like, well, you know, because he sat out last year, um, retroactively speaking, it's probably pronunciated and amateurized um, through the quadratic equation retroactively. And I explained to Jake that um, he didn't sit out last year. They paid him. Deshaun Watson was not suspended last year. But retroactively, quadratically equation with Qualtrics. It's quite simple, so I don't know why motherfuckers be overcomplicating <laughs> I love you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I don't think Deshaun Watson plays a game for the Browns this year. I do think he'll be suspended for the season. Yeah, I think he gets six games and they call it good. Retroactively? Or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, He's a bum. Trevor Bauer, does he ever play for the Dodgers again? He's a bum. I say he will never be a Dodger again. I think he'll be a Dodger. Nope. Okay. Nope. Don't think so. Um. <laughs> What, nothing about how bad Rudy did in the Olympics? Well, I <laughs> Well, no, because he got embarrassed in the Olympics. Look, we play the hits on this show. Rudy Gobert sucks. He's the worst player in the NBA, okay? Nice silver medal, bud. <laughs> That's a long-time listener. Uh, one more comedic. Uh, on a more comedic mood, the Tangerine Twitter machine bragged about getting a hole-in-one while playing golf yesterday. He was so proud of it that he released a statement about it. Donnie gonna Donnie. No, I, and we talked about this on the Donnie show yesterday. Gonna Donnie gonna Donnie. Donnie gonna Donnie. Tanner Plummer is a diehard Donald Trump supporter. He actually has make Rudy rebound hats on. Uh, anyway, the point is that was a make America great. Right. You see, you know, make Rudy great again at rebounding. Make, yeah, you know, right. All right. Uh, anyway, the point is uh, Donald Trump gets a hole in one at one of his own courses. So who knows if it really happened? I hope it did. Um, and then he releases a press release that says, um, I got a hole in one, but I'm too humble to tell you if I won the round of golf or not. So it's actually not that easy, but for me, it was easy. You released a press release about your last golf round that nobody gives a flying fuck about, but then you say, oh, well, I got a hole in one, but Hey man, I don't want to tell you that I won the round of golf cause I'm too humble. And some only want to hear what they want to hear. All right, because we're really short on time today because we did an hour on the jazz. I hope you're happy, bro. Um, COVID plus silver medal plus no offense, uh, no offense. Name this player. The coronavirus. Mobamba. Um, <laughs> uh, no, make Rudy rebound again. Mara. Mara. Exactly right. <laughs> um, so pornography. 
Hmm. So it, are, it, I, and I'm not asking you to out yourself as a pornaholic. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys, what would you guys say if I told you that watching pornography gives you ED? Now let's do Salt Lake Radio. Erectile dysfunction, <laughs> weight, <laughs> therapy, and pills and stuff. Um, oh, it's I've so fl- reliable. I've, oh, wait, wait, wait. It's the most, they're the most reliable radio city in the country. So somebody was, te- yeah, exactly right. Well, so what? They make $41 million. So somebody yeah. was telling me yesterday that they were ripping us again on the radio. So I flipped it on. I kid you not. The first thing I heard was, you know what, guys? We need to get you back to your best form in the bedroom. Facts. I was like, all right, I'm out. <clears throat> I'm out. I'm out. I can't do it. I mean, it makes sense to me, you know. So the, so the story no. goes that this study. There was a study released on pornography and its effects on erectile dysfunction. Right. And it turns out that a lot of men who watch pornography suffer from erectile dysfunction mm-hmm. because watching pornography remaps your brain. And so when you when you are watching pornography, your your brain, the chemicals in your brain change your brain when it comes to sex. So then you and your wife go to plant seeds in the garden and your hose won't turn on. <laughs> and so when you go to pull out the old Kemlon, you know, the turf builder, uh, you can't run it up the flagpole. Bet because you weren't expecting this one. Well, it's only your wife and she's not a porn star and she doesn't do what you saw in those pornos. My word. And so you're unable to perform with your wife. <laughs> and one of the things I think is interesting is is that I'm a I'm a guy that believes you should not watch pornography. I think pornography is the great destroyer of men. If you look at sex scandals throughout history, whether it's Bill Clinton or the Kennedys or Harvey Weinstein, Jeffrey Epstein, Brett prolific Favre. Brett Favre, prolific, is that what you said? Yeah. Prolific. <laughs> yeah, prolific <laughs> consumers of pornography. I mean, they uh, daily basis. U.S. Americans. The other interesting thing that I that came out recently is that men and women who watch pornography together also struggle to have a functioning sex life. Hmm. So it's just interesting to me that I and and the reason I think that this is, and I I I I think this is a massively important topic. Yeah. The reason that I think that you have. Okay, and Garcia. No, I'm not doing it. Um, no, man. Uh, the reason I think you Donnie, have this issue please. is because I do think that it creates unreal expectations of your wife. And yeah. most women are not willing to do the things that guys see in porn movies. Yeah, I think that I think that the, the issue, I mean, that's definitely the mainstay issue. But I think, you know, for, for dudes, I think, you know, and really it's probably relationships is more the f- fair way to say it. Like the dynamic in your relationship, I think people so often – you know, they don't go out of their way to, to make sure that they're taking care of their person, you know, and I, and I think that that is what's important, because if you think about where all of this would stem from, just logically speaking, like, you know, nobody would watch, you know, pornography if their sex life was awesome, right? If they really enjoyed their sex life and it was getting them going and fulfilling them. And like, yeah, I think we could all agree that that there wouldn't be a need for pornography. Now, I'm not trying to place blame one way or the other, but what I am saying is that is that it is a two-way street so that, you know, so your relationship, you both have to work on it. Like, that's what I think the, the issue is. That's where all this comes from. But we don't ca- we don't care about each other enough anymore. Yeah. 
And I, I think over the last decade, and I'm 49, right? Mm-hmm. My 40s have been spectacular. Like my 40s have been awesome. Over the last decade, though, <clears throat> I've had a lot of friends get divorced. I've had a lot of friends that have struggled in relationships. And it's because those particular people, and I want to be gentle because I, people are selfish. Yeah. People are, instead of being able to handle uncomfortable conversations, people will turn to pornography. Instead of being able to talk to your wife or your husband about sex, you will turn to pornography. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of those things that as a couple, the hallmark of great relationships is communication and respect. And I think when you go and you're watching pornography, I think it's, it it is, part of it is disrespectful to your spouse Mm -hmm. because women watch pornography too. Let's not turn this into, this is just a guy thing. Yeah. Um, And I, I, I am somebody that personally does not watch pornography. I, I just think that I, I have a great wife. I have a great relationship. I, I frankly don't have enough hours in the day. That's what I was going to say. Who, I, who has the time? Like, I Well, just... but if you live alone and you're dating somebody or like, I mean, you, how often are you home alone? You're home alone all day and all night. Yeah, but I think, right? I, yeah, I am. I mean, that's true. But I, But I also think that there's... I mean, you look at my life, like I don't have time to be just literally not joking, sitting around, you know, doing that stuff. Like I don't like if you if you really look at it, like, you know, you get up at four thirty, you're out the door at five, ten ish, you know, depending on the morning. Right. Like we do this show. I get back home at like eight thirty ish, depending on the day, you know, somewhere around that time. Work starts. Yelpatory starts immediately. You know, then because of what we're doing with this business, sometimes over lunch, you've got things that we like calls we got to do or, or meetings or yeah, today we got to go. go do a walkthrough today for you lunch. Know? So then, OK, great. So then you're not going to have time on lunch. You get back. You got to finish the Yelpatory. Then after work, the jazz are the jazz are on after work. You got to work out like, dude, by the time 830 gets here, I'm I'm passed out, bro. I'm too busy sleeping to to, to even have time. And, and that's why I think. That's the other side of it. Like I, you think always that, got time. Man. Well, you I mean, yeah. If you time. if you're addicted, you can make time. Sure, I can stay up till eleven. You know, doing that, I guess. But I don't want to do that. I want like literally this morning. I woke up, and I like my alarm goes off at four thirty. I woke up at four twenty nine. Perfect. I was like, all right. But I'm laying there and I'm like, dude, like I'm perfectly warm. I would love to just stay asleep, you know. And and I'm not. So my point is, is I'm just I'm not focused on that stuff like there's so much going on but i also think that in the millennial generation where marriage is not a priority and there are more single men in the millennial generation now because it is the largest generation now yeah um i do think that in tanner i think tanner just said i've seen studies that said the more isolated you are the chance the more chance that you're consuming porn Uh, i agree with that i think that when you are single and you are alone and i think I think that's where it begins. I, I think the the bigger issue is it just it just creates unreal expectations. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh Casey says it's now time for medical terms with Monty. Uh true. <laughs> uh Barry says, Oh yes, sex education Monty style. <laughs> yes, exactly right. <laughs> and Garcy says, almost got busted last night by the wifey. Gives me flashbacks of me as a thirteen year old dodging my mom. 
LOL. That's it, Skippy. There you go. Pack your shit. Let's go. Caleb says, porn not even worth it, dog. The real thing is so much better. Sometimes the hand just doesn't do the job. I agree. Exactly like, right. The, the real thing is you can't replicate it. Exactly right. Uh, Nico uh, Sangalang, good morning to you. Fat Jesus says, porn creates unfair expectations of men. Have you seen those? Lo how long those guys last? Uh, well, I guess when you're paid to last a long time, you do. Uh, Giggity says, make your own porn instead of watching it secretly. That's the other thing. Are you really like watching pornography secretly? Like that seems odd to me. Like, I guess. I mean, but that's my point. You're trying to hide this. Like you, you're, you're, at, you're in a place where, where, so you're unhappy with your sex life. You don't want to talk about it then I would guess. And you're doing that. And now you have to put effort into hiding it. But every, okay. So there's nothing wrong with um, loving yourself. If well, you yeah. will. Okay. Yeah. Every guy loves himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I don't think there's any problem with that. Yeah. It's what you it's what you visualize when you do that. That's the issue. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if you are if if you really are like I didn't. Me and my wife are together 24 hours a day, essentially. Mm -hmm. I can't even think of a time where I would have the time to do that. Mm -hmm. Last night, like she my she's going out of town. So she was packing for a trip while I was watching the jazz game. Then, like, you go to bed, you're laying in bed together, right? Like, I'm not going to watch porn instead of have sex with my wife. Like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, I just don't have a lot of alone time. Honest, if we're being and, honest, and I agree. I don't have a whole lot of alone time. Yeah, I, like I, how are you hiding that? Yeah, I think that the alone thing is it's definitely real, and I and I could kind of I guess I could kind of understand how like if you like with the millennial generation and dudes being alone, and I want to say not to get super dark, but I want to say I read a study a couple of weeks ago that said like you know millennial the male millennial suicide rates are a bit higher in our generation or something like that so i kind of get from the angle of hey if you're alone and you're depressed and all that all right maybe that's something you turn to but i don't know man i just think that that too often in life because to me all this stems from we're just kind of going through the motions in life and and that's where this happens we're not trying to better ourselves or like do really anything we're just going to the job punching but, the clock and coming home but if you're hiding it though mm-hmm how much shame is involved in that? I mean, I would guess a good amount. There has to be. you like it, So it's embarrassing. If you're hiding it, why are you hiding it? Because you're embarrassed about it. Yeah. Or so, like so. there's got to be. I'm telling you, there's got to be. Yeah. There's got to be something there. Tanner says, I agree, Monty. Humans are naturally selfish. Yeah. Um, is Monty kink shaming? No, I'm not kink shaming at all. Listen, if you're what I say about pornography is if you're open and honest about it, I don't, and your wife is aware that that's what you do, or you guys do that together. And that's a choice you've made. I don't ever really have an issue with it. The thing that I worry about is if you're hiding it, you're damaging yourself, right? I'm not shaming anybody. I want people to understand that watching a, a, a significant amount of pornography remaps your brain sexually. Yeah. It makes it difficult for you to have. And I would imagine if you're a porn star, can you do you have like normal sex with your boyfriend or your husband? I, I mean, I would know, think dude. you do at some on some I level. Don't know. Do you have normal sex with your wife if you're a male porn star? I don't, I don't know, know, dude. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that conversation is fascinating, but I, I truly don't know. I yeah. don't know how that works. Uh, Fat Jesus says only watch form for about 70 seconds a day. <laughs> New record. Dante May says, wait, Jake is single and doesn't watch porn. I'm well, not he's not single. Girlfriend. He actually said, I love you the other day. I'm for real. He said, I love you. I'm for real. Uh, Fibo, the, the man. Whoa. You guys are all about the pornography today. Uh, Fibo <laughs> says it's not just because of porn. You just change uh, wife and you're and you're rolling. 
yeah, but maybe, maybe you guys could communicate and think about how to build your relationship instead of just not talking about why you're watching pornography. Yeah. I, look, I think then that's kind of my point with this whole conversation. The point I want to make is just that, is that whether you're the single guy who lives alone and has all the time in the world or whether you're, you know, the husband or wife in the relationship and you're unhappy, all of this just stems from a lack of communication or a, a, a lack of, of, you know, drive in life. And, I, and I, the reason I say that is just because if you think about the situations, people who are watching it like every day, let's say, it's a part of their daily routine, let's say, you know, those folks, I, I, I just, I don't know. I just can't believe that somebody who is, let's say, you know, married and has a kid is, is addicted to that stuff and is happy in their sex life. Orion says, "Will you guys talk basketball? I didn't come here for adult time. We did. We yeah, talked for we like did an you know, hour, ninety minutes, dude. Right? But I do. I think people don't understand how big of an issue pornography is for men. Yeah. Well, and I, I just think, think sex in general. I, I I think pornography, whether you look at that angle or you look at all the temptation that's in the world to to cheat or like to 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 make that kind yeah. of a mistake, like." I think it's everywhere. I think, think it's right in front of us every day. Think about boys and men in the level of exposure there is to sexual content. Every single and day. If you think about what's on what's on Instagram, midriff, cleavage. How much ass bikinis, am I seeing on, on Instagram and TikTok? Oh my God. Every and, single and day. It, it it's so it's a perpetuating thing. If yeah. you I'm telling you, and we can sit in a room and be like, oh porn and titties, hey man. But this is a very serious conversation. Like the the subject of pornography in this country yeah. is it is an epidemic. I'm telling you that it is trouble for men. If you if you watch a lot of pornography, I'm telling you it is the great destroyer of men. Yeah. It is it is the eroder of relationships and it is a serious, serious thing. Yeah. It is. Um talking with Raphael podcast says it doesn't matter if you're single or not, if you want to watch. You'll find time. I agree with that. Casey Finlinson says pornography is an epidemic and a sad reality of many people's lives that control all they do and think about. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Well, and I think too, and and, and I don't mean this in a, in a real negative way um, about religion in Utah or anything, but I think like overall in the big picture in the world, like I think when, when religion is a really strong dynamic and you don't feel welcomed in that religion or you feel trapped, like those are other outside factors that can push you to things like this. You know, I, I think there are so many situations where, you know, people are just unhappy. And that's yes. that's the big thing. Like, I think no matter why you're watching it, you know, at first it starts out because you just want uh, another outlet or something. It's not a big deal to you. And then all of a sudden your sex life gets ruined. So now you're unhappy. Like, you know, it's just kind of this snowball effect that that damages people. I, and I'm telling you. You know, your kids better than anybody. Yeah. You should limit their overnight exposure to their cell phones. Yeah. And that's going to end at a certain age, mm -hmm. right? So maybe that's 12, maybe that's 20. I don't know what you do as a parent. Yeah. If you're letting your 10-year-old sleep with a phone in their room, especially for boys, but if you are letting your, your young children... Oh, I think it's a problem for girls too. I don't disagree. Yeah, but think... if you're letting your young children yeah. sleep with their phones in their rooms, you're making a mistake. Yeah. And what I would tell you is make them charge their phones in the kitchen. Put their phones in the kitchen. Put their phones in your bathroom. Charge them on your counters. Charge them on your dressers or your nightstands. 
because cell phones is is now in today's world where things begin and end. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says it's a coincidence. Is it a coincidence that porn is such a problem here in Utah and there is no sex ed or that it's so taboo here? Sex is not something that is widely talked about in Utah. And it's because I think to your point, the church religion across the board. I grew up Catholic. I was an altar boy like the whole nine. Yeah. Sex was shameful to talk about. Mm hmm. Sex, you do not idolize women for, and it's something, this is a great example. This is why we look at women as sexual beings. We don't look at them as human beings. We don't look at, we don't look at our science teacher as a science teacher. She's a piece of ass to us. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem. We don't go to the gym and stare at women for a while. Look at her biceps. Women don't wear the outfits they wear to the gym because they want to work out comfortably. Yeah. It's just the societal norm. So a couple more real quick. Uh, Casey says, I don't think it's religion. I think it's a lack of worry about teaching kids about sex. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. Um, Jeremy, I agree. Sex is, to, is too taboo in Utah. It, <coughs> it should be taught as a great part of life and not something scary or wrong. Totally agree. Ruff's official says, um, Jeremy, that's something for parents at home, not for elementary school kids. The, the Florida don't say uh straight bill should be passed here too <sighs> another show another show there's an update on the russian conflict that i think is interesting. oh really what's that new intelligence that's been declassified says uh quote we have information that putin felt misled by the russian military there's now persistent tension between putin and the mod stemming from putin's mistrust in mod leadership apparently and another tweet here, uh, they, the leadership of the Russian military is too afraid to tell him the truth. Putin didn't, quote, Putin didn't even know his military was using and losing conscripts, showing a clear breakdown in the flow of accurate information. So there was a story last week about um, younger leaders in the military walking up to battlefield commanders and shooting them in the head and just murdering them right there on the battlefield. And there's this this other story about Putin's disgust with leadership on the battlefield because there is a woman that was sexually assaulted for days on end by milita Russian military soldiers. And Vladimir Putin didn't know about that. And the commander of those people, the, the guys who committed that sexual atrocity, has disappeared. He's not there anymore. And nobody killed him on the battlefield. He just one day was not there anymore. And you can see that Vladimir Putin had no idea what was going to happen when he invaded Ukraine. And there is a lot of people uh, 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 in a related story. He completely changed the leadership around him. Mm -hmm. Vladimir Putin isolated himself and changed like the top people that he, he leans on. Because there were a lot of people who thought there was going to be a military coup in Russia because of how embarrassing and humiliating their performance in Ukraine has been. Yeah. And they're actually now, there is some people who believe that the Russian military is surrendering in certain parts of Ukraine because they're taking back major cogs that Russia had won. And the Russian military is being pushed back towards Russia. And it's, it's crazy. It is yeah. absolutely crazy. It is. Yep. It is crazy. So. There you go. You should probably play the music. Now that we've talked about the jazz and the tank porn, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, good show. Good Deshaun show. Watson, another guy that allegedly watches pornography. Just saying. Who knew? There you go. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, hashtag pray for Ukraine. Country will never be the same.
country will absolutely never be the same. Uh, all right, peace out. There you go. Make sure you uh, subscribe. Give us a like on this channel. Thank you so much for everybody being here. If you are here watching the show now, please give us a thumbs up. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning. We'll get you ready for uh, Jazz and Lakers at the Viv. We'll have an update on our business thing. Yeah. We have a major event for the business today that we're trying to build, so we'll talk about that. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, mmm, tank porn. <laughs> there you go. All right, until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake. <laughs>